0: Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, (laughs) thinking that you're just gonna love her latest selection. Didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) And inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they suggested. That might be true. (laughs) That is us. (laughs) We both read a lot. Well, I don't even read. I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books
1: that build up new worlds and invite magic and mystery into our lives because science fiction and fantasy, in this specific case, rule.
0: Hmm. (laughs) I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. You can keep all that silliness. It's not silly. It's so good.
1: (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine.
0: We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, and each month we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. Even if a book isn't entirely your style, it may have some redeeming qualities to it, right?
1: I guess we'll see. Probably. Oh. <laughs> see, now this one was in this this book. So our book this month is The Golem and the Ginny by Helene Wecker. And um, I really thought you were going to like this one. I can't remember how much buildup I did a at lot. the end of our last one. A lot? Maybe 30 minutes or so. That seems right. I do talk a lot. <laughs> um, oh, will you do the, the spoiler alert before I forget? Because I'm
0: going to need it. Absolutely. Kay. Hey, good intro. <laughs> Now's the time for us to warn you that we're going to discuss the whole book, including the ending and any magical twists, mm-hmm. and there are a few. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read the book and you don't want us to spoil anything for you, please stop listening now and join us again after you've read it or decided that you're just not going to. Or after you read it. You don't have to listen to that last part. You could just read it because it's a good book. True
1: enough. So this book was actually not one that I had read Years and years and years ago and thought about fondly and I knew I was going to have it on our list here. This book was actually recommended by a colleague of ours, Mm -hmm. um, Katie Lynn, Mm -hmm. who works at one of the libraries in the Fairfax County Library System. And she and I and somebody else were chatting about the podcast because despite Christine's insistence – Wait, wait. We have more than two listeners. It was – both of our
0: listeners were co-located. No, that is – Dangerous. Inac- dangerous. Inaccurate.
1: You need to stop spreading stuff. What would happen if a meteor struck? I know then that you're not a politician. Our- <laughs> you need to talk the truth right now. <laughs> so, and that will be the end of my soapbox. <laughs> so, this book, um, we were chatting about some of the books that we had done recently and ones they'd listened to and books they'd liked and kind of whose side they fell on on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then they um, proffered a, a list <laughs> of things that we might enjoy. And they tried to think of books that we both might enjoy. Hmm. So, they gave me this little list, and I typed it into my phone, and uh, I just grabbed the first one off of it, which is this book, The Golem mm-hmm. and the Ginny. I put it on hold of the library, and I read it, and I thought, you know what? Christine might actually like this one. There's not so much fantasy that she would be um, perturbed. Have you met me? I have, yes. But there's so much history written into it that uh-huh. I thought it would balance it out a little bit, because huh. this is a really lovely I, I thought of this more as a historical fiction novel okay. that happened to have supernatural creatures in it than as a fantasy novel that was just set in a time that was well described. And that's
0: 100% wrong. What? <laughs> Okay. I just love the look on your face when I say things like that. <laughs> I'm going to make you wear a GoPro camera at some point and then people will see yeah cuz that would be the good.
1: expressions that happen in here cuz there's a lot a, of big eyes. There's like a window right behind your head. Uh-huh. So when I get really upset and I can't look you right in the face, <laughs> I look myself right in the face and I'm vindicated. So I hope you understand that I've got a buddy here and it's me. <laughs>
0: I hope you're very supportive of yourself. (laughs) Always.
1: Let me give our colleagues out there, many of them, all of them, them. all the hundred bajillions of them, Mm -hmm. a little synopsis of this book. (laughs) Hi, Katie Lynn. (laughs) At its heart, this is really kind of an immigrant assimilation story. Mm -hmm. And it's about two supernatural creatures, a golem who's named um, Chava. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. It's pronounced, I'm going to do my best, best Yiddish, Chava. Hava, Hava. okay, yeah, no, nope, I did not say that right in my head. It's c h a v a. yes, hava, um which is a creature uh, in Jewish mythology that's made out of clay and brought to life through magic, and a genie or a Jenny, uh, which is a creature that's it's like a smokeless flame kind of. It's made out of wind and air, and it's more of a this one in particular is from Syria mm-hmm. in that that area. And both of them are brought kind of against their will, but certainly not on purpose by themselves, mm-hmm. to New York City in 1899. So the two of them, um, it's really the story about how they're trying to uh, assimilate into their their communities. So mm-hmm. the Jinni Ahmed is in Little Syria, and the Golem Hava is in the eastern part of it. She's in the which, Lower East Side, Okay. Yeah, which is uh, part of the Jewish community there. And they happen to run into each other at some point and discover, because they didn't know there were other supernatural creatures in New York at that time. And their story kind of goes from there. All true. I, it is all true. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fib. Um, and there are a lot of kind of side characters and yes. side stories that go along with it. But I had a kind of a couple things about the author I wanted to share before we really got into the meat of it. Okay. So the first was, I am irritated at the author. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. I know. I'm coming I out did the gates strong. I'm coming out the gate, strong. Okay. Not because of the book, which I actually really did enjoy, even sure. though it's not my usually my straight, typical genre. What upset you? What did Helene do? Is it Helene or Helene? I don't know. <sighs> but you knew Hava.
0: Oddly, I knew how to pronounce <laughs> Hava and not Helene. <laughs>
1: and I can't do the kind of guttural, guttural of the, thing. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Hava. It's my Yiddish. I'm glad you got it. Thanks. So I'm really annoyed. This book... Is the only book that the author has put out so far. Yes. Came out in 2013. Yes. There has been a note on this person's website for four years that they have a sequel coming out. Right. That yes. sounds a little like writer's block to me. little. So the original – this book came out in 2013. A sequel was supposed to come out in 2018. It is obviously not 2018 anymore. It's currently 2020. Um, and there's been an update that the book will come out in 2020, but there is no date. There is no sales site on – some of your favorite online retailers. May I suggest to you that you not
0: hold your breath?
1: I agree with that suggestion. I would like to not turn purple, or blue, <laughs> or whatever color you turn as you asphyxiate. But I'm just really annoyed. Mm. Like, if it's not coming out, Take that's, it down. that's fine, right. yeah. Or put an update that says, you know, like, my, my family life is crazy right now, right. or I'm working on a different idea, or the publisher didn't
0: like my idea. But, right. like I feel like I'm hanging a little bit. Mm. So I'm annoyed. Well. I did not get annoyed by that. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> why. I feel like you should not tell me, because I'm not going to want to know.
1: OK, before you ruin this for me uh-huh. with with your disinterest oh, and I plan to. Yep. in my awesome book, yep. I thought you might appreciate this. So outside of reading books, mm-hmm. I also love watching TV. Mm-hmm. And I have been recently rewatching The Office, the American <laughs> version of yes. The Office. And I happened to be at a point in the series When I was reading this book the first time, that there's a character named Helene in the show who, if you have never watched The Office, is dating the main character, Michael Scott. Uh And Helene is the mother of another main character. And so there's this whole little sub-story going on. So I built a new storyline in my head that this book Uh was secretly written by the Helene in The Office. Right. And so I did, like, my own little webisode series about how this got incorporated into it and how Michael Scott was going to do his own film version of
0: this. And it was really exciting. I had a good time with you it. You definitely need to become an author because that's some good creativity going there.
1: Maybe, but it was just it was really fun. I liked how my worlds collided in that moment. And I thought you would like it, too, because I know you've watched that show before. Absolutely. That's hilarious. You know, I try and be helpful. So the author herself seems like a pretty... Typical American author. She, uh, she grew up in Chicago. She has a BA in English and a master's in fine arts and fiction. She worked in marketing. Um, I don't really know what she's done other than, than write this book and her. And, and procrastinate her, writing her next. And procrastinate writing her next <laughs> book. But I do continue to look forward to when the next one will come out, if it ever does. Okay. It's supposed to be called The Iron Season. Hmm. So she must be a, at least enough yeah. along that she has a title. Well, and it's got a little synopsis in it. So this book is set in 1899. The mm-hmm. second one is supposed to be set during World War One. Okay. So it's a yeah, fair yeah. bit of time later. Huh. So okay. uh, I'll leave that aside, the non-written, non-published book. Right. And we can move on okay. to how much you loved hmm. this book. I see that you have a pro and con list. Maybe we just do the pros. Maybe that's what we do this, this particular podcast.
0: So I will tell you that, that as I was reading the book, I enjoyed it. Okay. As I looked we back on now. the book, I got annoyed. What? I know. So like while I was – well, I said reading, but yeah. you use that as listening. Yeah. I was listening to the book. It's George Guidall was the um, narrator, reader, and he okay. has done like a bajillion and five audiobooks. He's a very, very well-known, well-respected uh, reader. So okay. that's fine. I, you know, I had no issue there. And she did enough of a job of making me interested in the plot. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, am plot-driven, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to find out what happened, and so I thought that that was pretty successful. But as I was looking back on the book first of all it's a little convoluted there's just absolutely so much yes. stuff going on i yes. couldn't keep people straight and yep. i was confused and anyway so, so that was a lot
1: and i i can see that point on you
0: because okay. the book
1: is not incredibly long oh it's long it, okay we're going to talk about this afterwards <laughs> it's not incredibly long it's it's a little under 500 pages and i'm not sure how much that translates to in, in listening time 25 files Okay. But if you remember, the last book that we read that was my choice was The Memoirs of Cleopatra, yeah. which was twice that length.
0: Yeah. It took a long, long, yeah. long time.
1: So if I continue my trend, my next book will be 250 pages. Which is what a normal book is. Which is what a child size book is. So, <laughs> you know. Um so, because I use the print version, I could go back and forth. I right, go, who right. was that person again? Right. What was going on there? Because there are definitely a lot of characters and a lot of subplots going on. And with a lot of the names, I had to kind of say them over and over and again. Yes. Like, even with, with Hava, Shada, right. um, you know, that one was fine. I, I could kind of get without – some of them were really long. Right. And they're not names that I have uh, – Familiarity exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, I could flip back and forth. Right. And you – do not have that opportunity as much. Not as easily. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing, and I'm willing to explain that this is my own personal issue. I can't blame Helene for this. Mm. The only experience I have with the name Chava is that it is a character in the musical um, Uh Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. Which I saw one time when I was eight. And of course, because I have the disease where I remember all lyrics from everything always, there is a song. Yes, there is. Matchmaker, matchmaker. Uh So of course, I was singing that damn song for two weeks straight. Every time I read the word Hava, I would say, oh, Hava, oh, Hava, have I got a match for you and sing the whole damn verse. So that's a problem to have an earworm. But I can't really blame that on Helene. I think that's my own issue. I
1: am so in love with this right now. I will pick my next book's. In such a way that they induce earworms. But I'm going to pick Ugh. the earworm first, and then I will find a book that meets
0: the qualities oh that my are necessary God. for it. You know it. what?
1: You will. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And I am this, thrilled. And
0: this, dear listeners, is our last podcast. Nope.
1: Nope. No. We will go on forever for eight more years plus some, and it will be the best. Oh, my I'm God. Really, I'm really – I'm kind of giddy right now. I do like, really are. I don't know what my next earworm is going to be, but I'm going to find down, it. Sit down. We're on a plane after this.
0: I know <laughs> what are. I'm doing for the whole time I'm on oh the plane. Oh, my God. This is horrible. So, <laughs> I'm going to move along. This is not Helene's fault. I I accept full responsibility for my problem with lyrics. Um, But I'm just saying that. that, Oh, stop it. She's like doing a little dance. I I am. I'm singing the Matchmaker song in my head. (laughs) Oh, God. Now it's going to be in my head for at least the whole flight. Um, Okay. So she kept my interest while I was listening. But afterwards, things irritated me. Okay. You know how I am. I don't like when things don't line up or when there's inconsistencies or. So, like, I thought the cuff on the genie's wrist was just kind of weak and dumb. Like, there had to have been something that he could have done. He's a genie, she has the superhuman strength. There had to have been something. So, I just felt like that was a weak and sort of. Silly. And I know the whole willing suspension of disbelief. I know we're supposed to do that. But and I was OK with that because it's a pretty common trope when okay. when you
1: look at these types of not this specific storyline where there's a genie and a golem. Right. But if you're if you're thinking about imprisoned supernatural creatures, there Which is I usually ever a physical manifestation of that imprisonment, that embindment.
0: So okay. for me, it was like, oh, okay. yeah, there it is. Got it. Yeah. OK, so that's helpful information. The whole story of ice cream oh, Sala, yes, was so sad to yes, me. It, it was. was just it was heartbreaking and sad and confusing. And I honestly at the end of it I thought back and I was like, what did that even add to the story? There really yeah. it was like it was just this little vignette of suffering that in my opinion didn't advance the story. Okay. And so I you know, I couldn't see where what value it had to the story.
1: And that's fine. I think that's a reasonable point as well. He was certainly not my favorite storyline. I thought it it pulled together not some of the plot pieces, mm-hmm. but it was a reinforcement of the world that they lived in mm-hmm. so that it wasn't just um, um, Aber, Aberdee, 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 Aber the tinker, the tin maker, whose name oh, I can't oh, remember. Oh, Arbeely. So that you knew that it wasn't just Arbeely who was having like a psychic break. Yes, okay. You knew that there was someone else in this community, in this storyline, that ha- that knew about this world mm-hmm. and saw the same things that he did. Right. So for me, it just kind of reinforced the world that okay. they lived in. That's a good point. But I do agree. The storyline was it was heartbreaking, and yeah. it was meant to be because yeah, yeah, it yeah. was about this guy who used to be a doctor, and then he— He was infected he, by a little little tiny— demon genie thing yeah and it stuck in him and then he he couldn't interact the same way and he supported he, himself by making ice cream he couldn't
0: see faces he would see yeah. ghouls or which is just yeah yes
1: but i i agree that sometimes we find authors and you think you know that that storyline either doesn't resonate with me mm-hmm. or i don't know how it fits in if i think back to the mazes at Wintermere that mm-hmm. we read last month i felt that way about the storyline of the, um, the military
0: guy, the munitioner. Yeah. I just, uh, that, yeah. Was not, that was not it for it me. It didn't work for yeah. you. Yeah. So I, I sure. get it. That's a fair point. Okay, so now I'm going to give you a couple of my pros. Because there were some. In fact, the, the pros list is a little bit longer than the cons list. I knew it. I knew it all along.
1: <laughs> Thank you
0: for the validation, sure. me, in my window over there. So, <laughs> no wonder you look so happy. You're looking at yourself. Always, yeah. <laughs> so, at the very beginning of the book, the golem... Um, gets kind of caught or almost gets caught when she's on the ship. They're docking in um, New York Harbor, and um, she thinks she's busted. And so she jumps off the ship, and (laughs) she 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 walks walks. (laughs) on the bottom of (laughs) the bay or whatever it is. She's very heavy. She's (laughs) made of clay. She's not going to (laughs) float. She did not swim. And so this, like, dude sees her with, you know, sea kelp and all kinds of weird silt and stuff. She doesn't have shoes on. Right. And he says did you swim from the ship? And she's just very nonchalantly says, no, I walked. Uh-huh. And that really tickled me. Like, I just thought that was a really fabulous little <laughs> mental image. So, that, yeah, entertaining. That ties into one of the things that I really liked about this
1: book. I liked the setup. Uh-huh. I liked the way that... It- there were not that many storylines at the start. Mm-hmm. So you learned a little bit about how the golem came to be. She uh-huh. was created as a bride for somebody. And then that somebody dies uh-huh. on the boat sh- The boat that's crossing the Atlantic. And she has to find her own way. Uh-huh. And you find out about the genie and how he's been trapped in this little bottle for a thousand years. And when he comes out, he doesn't remember anything. Right. He doesn't know why he was in there. He doesn't know where he's at. He has no conceptualization of the really technologically advanced society that he's in now in 1899. Well, just buildings.
0: Yeah, they were tall. And water.
1: Yes. (laughs) Oh, all of that because he's used to the desert. Right. So I loved, I love that. That kind of the first quarter of the
0: book was really solid setup. Yeah. Yeah. And to go along with that, two things that I liked an awful lot um, were how the golem and the genie both had to figure out how to fit in and not give themselves away. Yeah. And it, that was very... It was charming to see through um, fresh eyes. Like, the golem had to keep um, slowing herself down so she didn't work, like, a billion times as fast as everybody else. Yeah, And that was really, really... Um, the Wecker, is that right? Yes. Wecker. Helene Wecker. Did a really nice job with that. So that was yes. very entertaining and charming. Um, yeah. She and, was very personable, the, yes. the golem. She you know when she had to
1: learn it all she did she's created Mm -hmm. she doesn't have any preconceived like the genie was a person he was a thing before he got jammed into that little bottle she was nothing she was clay and so she has to learn societal norms. She has to sleep. She doesn't sleep. Right. So she has to figure out what to do with herself when she, everyone else is sleeping. She takes apart her clothes and then re them every night. Yeah, because she's <laughs> bored. Well, and she gets married at one point, and she has to lay there pretending right. to sleep because her spouse does not know that she's not human. And remember to breathe. Yes. Yes. I can only imagine the way that it's written. You can feel how frustrating right. that is. That she's got this capacity and she wants to help everyone because right. she can hear what they want. All their complaints, and she can't do anything about it. Right. So, I think it was really well written in that way because you 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 empathize mm-hmm. and you think, oh, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Right. I would, I probably would not remake my clothes. Well,
0: That's too bad because I'm not very good at it. But maybe I would get <laughs> you really, would learn. I would get really good at it. He would. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think that she did very well and always appeals to me in a book is she really highlighted the goodness of people in yes. general. So, like, Arbelia is a lovely person. Yes. and And um, Miriam, the woman that owns the coffee yes, shop, I is loved a her. really lovely person. And the rabbi mm-hmm. is just a kind, Robert kind Meyer. soul. And Sophia, even, the love interest. Yes. Um, she She's a really, really good person. And... Um, Yep. You don't necessarily expect that from her. You yeah. expect her to be a little spoiled or a little aloof, yep. and she's lovely. So, you know, I, I that is always appealing to me. People don't have to be perfect, but I at least yep. want to root for them.
1: One of the pieces in this book that I really liked is that there's a balance because there yeah. are a lot of really great people in little ways and big ways. Right. And then there is this one really wretched character. Yes. And his badness is balanced against all of these little good things that everyone else is doing. And this was um, Shalman. Yep. Um, who was not a rabbi but wanted to be a rabbi at one point. Yes. Yes. And he was quite the villain. Um, yeah.
0: He's everything horrible all locked into one. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, sometimes you worry, like,
1: are they going to be a, a – a, a, not a prototype. Are they going to be an archetype mm-hmm. for – is it just going to feel like, oh, they jammed everything bad into it? But his storyline was really well developed as Mm -hmm. well, particularly the further you get in. Because when you first meet him, he is this guy that lives on the edge of the woods that – Just a hermit, right? Yeah, he's a hermit that Rotfeld goes to say, I want a wife. I'm I'm lonely. And he makes him this wife. Right. And then over time, you learn more about his story and the the reincarnations. And you think, well, that's – Yucky. I don't. I don't like this person, but I know why I don't like them.
0: Exactly. Because I know how they got here. Yeah. they yeah. She did a nice job giving the history. Yes. Of yes. Why he was icky. Yeah. So okay. So what did you love? I loved the
1: the disposition, the the kind of balance of traits between Hava mm-hmm. and Ahmed. Mm-hmm. I thought that the the way that the two inhuman creatures went about trying to be human was really. Um, Sweet and unique. Mm -hmm. So, like, Hava, she is trying to emulate. Mm -hmm. She wants to fit in. She starts working at a bakery, and like you said, she's she's too good, so she has to kind of remind herself, like— Don't need the dough so fast. Don't be so productive. You make other people look bad. Don't forget to use the bathroom. You don't need to use the bathroom, (laughs) but go sit in there for a little while so people don't think you're weird. Um, Don't forget to have a snack. You don't need to eat, but do it anyways. And make small talk. So she learns how to make small talk. And those are really endearing pieces Mm -hmm. of her development about trying to maintain who she is as a golem, but assimilate appropriately. Mm And Ahmed, um, he had a different tact. He went kind of <laughs> like the hedonistic way. So he had been trapped in that little bottle for so long that he just went kind of wild. Uh-huh. He um, he picks up a job, kind of, working with this tinsmith, and he makes these beautiful things, but then he's not happy with them. Right. And he seduces women, but then... Doesn't feel bad about it immediately and then feels bad about it later. (laughs) And he he just can't make up his mind, which I think is a really human characteristic as well. That you just don't – you have all these opportunities. You're in New York City. It's 1899. Nobody really knows what you are. You can do anything you want and you just don't know. Right. And I thought those were two nice ways to showcase how hard it can be Mm -hmm. to try and move someplace new and start over Uh again and how um, human it is to try and find your place. I agree. So I like that part of it. Um, I liked. Oh, I had a funny little note in here somewhere. Oh, and I liked the city. Mm. Um, that is the main reason that our colleague Caitlin recommended this. She thought that the the balance between the two main characters and the city itself, as mm-hmm. kind of a third place character, was really uh, supportive of the things that you and I like in stories. Mm-hmm. And I did like that. I. Will admit, and I'm sure that people will think this is very silly because we're not that far away. I've never been to New York City. I've mm-hmm. uh, been to New York State, okay, which is not the same. thing. Nope, no, not at all. And so, it was charming to to read about the different mm-hmm. places and the people that were living there, and um, the coffee house that mm-hmm. Miriam was running, and the little rinky-dink spot where the ice cream seller was sleeping under his own coats. Right. And it just it felt like another character in there. So I liked. Okay. I liked how thorough that storyline was that was
0: she very yes she wove that in very significantly
1: yeah so I very much like this story I did not go back afterwards and parse it down with the things that irritated me
0: because I was irritated that the next book so
1: (laughs) I was really good I was I got my frustrations
0: out and the book was great in a different way okay so I want to end on a happy note because the other thing that I really liked about it is um, the uh, genie Um, So he's always warm. His hands are always warm because he's part fire. (laughs) And so um, as you outed me as an art major a couple of podcasts ago Uh and I have worked with metal and solder and he can't work with solder because he keeps melting it and it keeps. (laughs) And I've done that before and it's a mess and it goes all over the table and you can't pick it up and you have to wait for it to harden and cool and harden. And so anyway, that made me totally giggle that he just he personally could not work with solder and he had to like tone himself down so that he could sculpt the stuff with his hands so what I thought
1: you were going to say was I wish I could meet him my hands are always cold <laughs> he could just hold my hands all the time that could be his gig and then your hands that would be warm so much better I'm just I was trying yeah, to help you out here you did thank yes. you I appreciate so that so tell
0: me about what horrible horrible thing you're going to make me read in retaliation you know I don't even have any kind of delusion that you're going to like this book <laughs> wow okay starting <laughs> off strong I'm ready for it and, and I have to give a spoiler alert to or a disclaimer. It's a disclaimer okay. to everybody. Uh, what we are going to read for next month is called Flashman, the fla- from the Flashman Papers by George MacDonald Fraser. Okay. And Wait, is he British? Oh, yes. Of course. Okay, thank you. Just yes. had to get that out of the way. For sure. And um, it is a satire. Mm. And every possible horrible racial epithet is used. The language is appalling. Mm. He is appalling. He is a womanizer, a racist, uh, just a coward, just a horrible, awful person. It is a satire. I do not condone any of his views or, or his cowardly actions, and it's hilarious. So have fun. Great. Thank you. We're looking forward to it. <laughs> so I the... will.
1: I'm actually going to the library after this, and mm-hmm. I'm picking up my copy of the book. Because you will... don't want to buy this
0: one. You don't want I this will... in your bookshelves. I
1: will let you know how it goes in a month. <laughs> Okay, dance us out of here. Oh, I got to say stuff. Thank you for joining
0: us this month on You're Making Me Read What? Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, like Jessica, you can always pick them up at the library. Indeed,
1: indeed. So please do join us next month when we will be discussing Flashman from the Flashman Papers by George MacDonald Frazier. Thank you so much and keep on reading.